broadcasting live from the R&R studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I think it's a, I don't know, I don't know the right wording for it, but there's definitely a feeling of, you know, enough is enough. You know, we got to win and uh, we're in the business of, you know, winning, you know, and, you know, if you don't win, um, you know, it doesn't feel too good. When you do win, it feels pretty good. And, um, you know, you want to make sure that, um, you know, win or loss, you come in and you're always trying to get better and get better at things you got to get better at. But for us, you know, you know, this is a big game uh, for us, just like they all are. Um, and it's a big game because it's the next game, you know, and it, what an opportunity for us to get back on track on the road in a hostile environment against a really good football team. There you have it, Derek Carr expressing what I think a lot of Raider Nation um, is saying uh, at the same time and joining him in saying it's enough, 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 enough is enough. Got to go get a win. And it has to start on Thursday against the Dallas Cowboys. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Lincoln Kennedy, enough is enough, right? Yeah, that's what they say. Enough is enough. And, and it's, you know, after three-game slide um, and against at least two of them, I said that you could, you should have beaten. Uh, yep. Still debatable whether you sit on the Chiefs. Enough is enough. But, you know, Vinny, I, you know, I've been debating this, and, and I brought it up on the broadcast on Sunday with Brent. Um, and, you know, we've been doing the show together from now for a little bit, and um, I've been a broadcaster, what was it, 16 or 15? I can't remember how when I started with this team. Um, and ever since then, I've defended Derek. I've been critical, but I've defended him to an extent. I think it's time for a change. I, I think it's a time, not, not a permanent change at quarterback. I think you need to provide a spark because in looking at this film, and I'm just going to go back to the Cincinnati game, I had a number of plays where I just shook my head, scratched my head and like, what the hell? You know, most notably, and I think Q brought it up in the last show that I heard him, there's a third down and long play, third down to seven or eight, and he checks a run you, 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 uh, versus zero coverage, uh, overloaded on the side that they ran the football to? I, no, you don't do that. Now, I will say this, and I don't – and because I'm not privy to the, to the locker room as I once was, once upon a time when, uh, when, when I played with Gruden, we, we, we ran a very – the audible system was different back then. Rich could audibleize at the line. And there were a lot of times where he would put us in favorable audibles. Now, they have a check-with-me system built into this offense. Derek uses it. You can hear him sometimes when he comes up and you, he, you hear the words, kill, kill, kill. It's going to the second play or it's going to the first – you know, they, they, they call that in the huddle now. That's built-in audible system. But there are times where Derek has to, you know, get out of the certain plays and just be able to check to – a more advantageous play. And I know he knows the offense well enough to do that. I just don't see that, if that makes sense. I don't see him doing that. And there were plenty of opportunities. There were plenty of throws on, left on the field because I'm telling you, we, we talked about it last year and it said the, year, the, the, the November rain, as, you call, as I call it, for this team has been uh, predictable because they've slid in November over the last couple of seasons. It's the very same way. And there was a case in point uh, uh, Sunday against the Bengals where Derek had Darren Waller lined up wide to his left and a corner was pressed with a single high safety. Now, if you know Derek, his tendency is that he's going to go to Waller on that ball. 
just as they were getting into their cadence, the safety went out a little bit more, and the corner backed off. So it's now no longer press coverage. So now the 50-50 ball doesn't become viable, right? Um, it's not as advantageous of a play. Derek looks out there at the snap of the ball. He doesn't see it until the snap of the ball, looks out there, doesn't get what he wants, and immediately goes with a check down. Rather than trying to go to one of his other possible receivers, he doesn't even take time. He takes a check down. Those are plays that you can't get back. Those are plays where you miss. Just like early in the game when he had the, they had routes set up, particularly for the running backs coming out of the backfield versus the Cincinnati linebackers where they had the advantage, and he missed. Typically, he doesn't miss. So I don't know if in, the, in the first part of the game it was a case of the nerves, just a little over-anxious, but for this offense to get first down on the, what, eight-yard line after a turnover, go three plays, go nowhere, and have to settle for a field goal, that, 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 just, that just shouldn't happen. Yeah, it shouldn't happen, and I'm not going to – I don't think any quarterback change needs to happen right now, number one. Uh, I do think, and I've been asking Rich Bisaccia uh, this. We asked Greg Olson about it yesterday. What about bringing in – I've been saying this for a couple of years now, Marcus Mariota. Now, last year, Marcus Mariota was injured. He was injured a good part of this year right. uh, as well. Uh, bringing in Marcus uh, Mariota situationally and – um, the third and shorts, the, you know, Lincoln, the Raiders are two of 16 on third downs the last two games. It's oh, just not going to yeah. get it yeah, done. You're right. Now you're right. I will say this, and I don't know what the Raiders, what directions the Raiders will go in, um, you know, after this season, whether Derek Carr is going to be part of this, who's going to be the coach, the general manager. There's a lot that's up in the air right now um, with seven games or so left, left to play in this season. Um, but I will say this in terms of, Right now, the right now, Derek Carr has nothing to do with an offensive line that can't impose its will on opponents right now. True. They're not dictating terms in the, the trenches. In fact, it's the opposite. Okay. Uh, that run game has been spotty, non-existent all year long. Call it scheme, call it lack of execution, whatever you want. There's no run game to speak of. Let's be honest with that situation. I wrote about this today, Lincoln. This is why this is fresh in my uh, in my in my memory. A lot of what's plaguing the Raiders right now was plaguing the Raiders earlier this season, but they were able to overcome it earlier this season. No running game, a bad offensive line, lots of pressure on the quarterback, um, uh, penalties. They were uh, even after three straight wins to start the season, they were twenty fifth in penalties. That's yeah. not good. They weren't running the ball. Um, they weren't getting good push up front. Why were they able to overcome that then? They were falling into holes earlier in the season. They had a, sec a, a passing game that was second in the NFL and at times first in the NFL because you had a tremendous weapon in Henry Ruggs playing opposite Darren Waller, fitting in with, with uh, um, Hunter Renfro, complementing you know, Brian Edwards. It was working. That whole thing was working. They were able to overcome it. All the issues that they're not, un, unable to overcome right now because they had a devastating passing game and targets all over the field, athletes all over over the field, um, as good as any in the uh, you know a complement uh, in, in the NFL when you include Waller and Hunter and Brian Edwards and and the emerging Henry Ruggs. <clears throat> so, um, Der Derek Carr has nothing to do with, with 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 the absence now of Henry Ruggs and what that has meant in the whole operation and uh, they can't stretch the field the way they were. So I'm sure teams are 
playing back, uh, taking that away from him, not honoring the run. Why do you have to honor the run against the Raiders, uh, Lincoln? Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you that. Do you have to honor the run if you're a defense? Like, of course you have to honor it to some extent. But is that something that you go into a game every game? We got to stop the Raiders' run game. That's well, every 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 yeah, every defense wants to make a team one dimensional, so you don't want to let them have balance. And, okay, and, and but, of course you know that. Okay, so I just want to want to answer one of your points. The weapons are still there, but the quarterback has got to utilize them. If he's not going to look downfield, why? If, if you watch some of the all twenty twos and you watch Deshaun Jackson, you watch Zay Jones run down the field. If he's not going to take a chance to try to take the top off of defense, or even like when he had rugs and took that opportunity and took those chances, they're not going to honor it. There's no he one was, who's going to push it. He was consistently taking shots downfield when Henry Ruggs was on the was. On I know, the but he hasn't done it since. So I understand, to, I understand that, but what I'm what I'm saying um, to to kind of counter what you're saying is. I think it's also because teams aren't – they don't honor the run. They don't respect the run. So they're going to take the you know the back end uh, away from the Raiders and dare him to, to throw in those kind of situations heavily defended on the back end. Why? Because there's – unless – until they can start running the ball consistently with the current weapons that they have, it's going to be – they're going to be much more harder pressed to get that action downfield. So, so whereas they were able to overcome – a really me, uh, 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 a feeble run game earlier in the year. They can't right now because I don't think that they have the necessary weapons. Yeah, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson played 16 plays uh, the other day. He was more of a decoy than, than anything else. They got to get him activated. I think that'll help. But until they get on the same page, you know, as Rich Passaccia talked about, it's hard to drop somebody into a midway into a movie and expect everything the thing to go smoothly. I'm not, I'm not, Sitting here, here's what I'm the ultimate thing that I'm saying is I don't think Derek Carr is the kind of quarterback that's going to be able to shoulder all of that. No run game, a, a huge weapon taken out of the uh, equation in Henry Ruggs that helped make a lot of other things go. Now, here, Derek, deal with it and just chuck it downfield and throw it to guys that. Maybe you're you're comfortable with, maybe you're not comfortable with at this point. Don't have the talent that Henry Ruggs has. Zay Jones has been around the league quite a bit. He's not say, he's not Henry Ruggs. No, he's, he's not, not even... Henry Ruggs. That's why Henry Ruggs was a starter. But you can't right. make excuses at this particular point. And we can't I, sit there and say without when you because they don't have a lack of a running game. Didn't Derek Carr throw like fifty times one game? Didn't, yeah, he what, had Henry Ruggs on the field. That's what okay, I'm but to I'm say. but I'm saying, look, you, it, here's the thing: if you don't have a run game, and we're not, I'm not going to sit there and try to uh, clone disguise it. This is not yeah. a run football team. They've it got one been. run. It was supposed to be. Well, it was supposed to be, but heck, there was a, a, supposed a lot of things were supposed to happen. Yeah. There's yeah, yeah. a big minus without Alec Engel, especially. This is a two-back style offense. That's what it thrived on. It was a power running game with two backs. Right. Now that Alec Engel is out, it leaves a lot to be defined. They don't have a fullback. Okay, so there's so the one back run that they do well is called 34 wham. It's kind of a bend back play where the where line pushes one way, the tight end comes and seals the last man on the line of scrimmage, and you're going right downhill. That's their best run. Okay, what they did on that first that first series when they got the football against the Bengals in the goal line area, they ran that play, and who made the tackle in the hole? A safety came downhill, right. made the tackle. That was the one who made the tackle. That's the only one who's not blocked accounted for. Because you can't get a receiver in there to drive that safe. So that safety made his, made that hit. R- read the play, read the formation, made that play. They come back, they try to throw a, a tunnel screen to Darren Waller. Well, you know what? Cincinnati's defensive end lined up wide. He went out with the formation. They had two receivers in front of Darren and the th- made it three receivers, and they tried to throw a bubble screen. And that defensive end helped defend that play. 
along with the rest of the yep. defense. They got no yards there. Then they come back and they try to throw a little bit of a, 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 a little bit of a flare route to, to, to Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield and they, they misconnected that. The ball was behind them or something like that. It was, it was an incomplete pass. Three plays and out. So, you know, my point is, is that they get off, to, they miss a p- the possession where they only get a field goal out of it. And yeah, and the crowd is going wild. The defense did their part other than, yeah. you know, and Gokwe having a bonehead penalty, uh, right. hitting Joe Burrow and, and keeping a drive live. They've done that throughout the year. I'm not blaming Derek for, for that. And I'm not saying Derek needs to be totally replaced. I'm saying to spark this team to do something different, I think you need to bring a fresh body in. And I think you just need to give that look because here's what I will tell you. When Derek went out last year with that injury and he watched Marcus Mariota almost beat the Chargers in Allegiant Stadium, he came back the following week with a vengeance. He played with a lot more vigor the following week. And I think you'll agree with me on that point. And it's just it, – it's not even – it's not that I'm saying that Derek is doing anything wrong. You're right. He doesn't control the bonehead penalties. He doesn't – he can't control the offensive line in a sense. But I'm saying he knows enough of this offense – and has enough of this ability with this offense where he can be, he could do a lot more than he has shown me, especially over the last three games. Yeah, and, you know, um, I, I agree with you. I think a spark needs to, uh, I think there needs to be a, a spark. I think that, like I said, situationally, uh, Marcus Mariota needs to be utilized more. Um, I've been saying that for a long time. I don't think he needs to replace Derek Carr right now. I think you need to find solutions. Um, you know, uh, you, you need to find the solutions with what you have, and that includes Derek Carr. And it sure would be nice if they could scheme up something, some semblance of a run game. They're going to have to. I hear people talking about, well, just abandon the run game, throw the ball 50 times. It's not a recipe, A, for uh, success. Right. And B, I don't think Derek Carr is that kind of a quarterback. He, there's there's a certain few guy, you know uh, quarterbacks on the planet Earth that are and that are in this NFL that you could just say hey you know what we're not going to give you much but we feel good that you're still going to help us win games because you're that dynamic you're that talented you could run you can throw you can do this you could you're elusive you're Derek Carr's not that guy and he needs things to be around him that sound and he had that I thought earlier this year up until honestly. Right before the bye week, when they were playing their best football of the season, and it was all working. Uh, but I, 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 this is my personal opinion. I think taking out rugs just really hurt this and hurt, hurt this whole operation because even to that point, they weren't running the ball a lick, not consistently. I was, besides a couple of games here and there. Uh, they haven't been able to get up in, uh, over four yards per carry at all, all year. It's not been a dependable part of their offense. They overcame it. They overcame the stupid penalties because that passing game was so dynamic. It's hard to replicate that dynamic of a passing game um, without one key part of, of it. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm trying to find valid reasons for, for what it is. So in my estimation, aside from – Occasionally bringing in Marcus Mariota, especially in, in third and short kind of situations, they got to figure out a way to get that offensive line moving in the right direction and create some sort of a running game that that, that you can play off because that's when the Raiders ha- truly have been at their best. That was what the vision was with with, with John Gruden. Uh, that's why they go out and get another running back. That's why they have a, a you know a, a fullback alignment from time to time. Unlike many other teams, they want to pound it. Uh, and then and then uh, beat you with the play action pass, but you you can't do that if you can't also run the ball. So I don't know what the answers are, but 
even if you put Marcus Mariota in there, start him, which I don't advocate uh, whatsoever, um, you know, other than, you know, spot play here and there. I think it's something that you're going to probably have to examine next year or just build a better team around your quarterback that's that's more sustainable, even if you take out a, a key member. I just think that the, the, the roof fell in on this season, and there's still time left to get it back. Uh, but but they're going to have to figure out a different way to do some things here, here uh, Lincoln, because I think they're putting too much like Stafford in Los Angeles. When they get away from the running game and they ask him to chuck it up there and be the guy, I'm not sure he's even capable of being the guy. That's how they're losing, too. So as coaches, to me, Greg Olson, you got to figure out a different way to do it and a better way to do it and a more efficient way to do it and in a way that doesn't expose a quarterback who's a good quarterback, but I don't think necessarily an elite quarterback. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Eddie is in Denver. How you doing, Eddie? Eddie, are you with us? All right. Um, we're going to go uh, slide on into Raider Reggie. How you doing, Raider Reggie? Got Raider Reggie. Holiday. Yeah, how you yeah, doing? Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Okay, yeah, I was saying I appreciated Eddie. Happy holidays. Yeah, right. uh, Vinny, man, right now, I'll be honest, bro. You got me like, are we giving up? And the reason I say that is all the reasons, all the logic and why uh, things ain't right, like we don't have rugs and all of that, I understand. But even when we had rugs, we were so predictable, especially in the red zone. And it's like, like, Link, uh, what's going on, Lincoln? How you doing, bro? Uh, the thing about what you're saying is dead on what I'm thinking. Now, I don't, I don't know enough to be able to say it the way you would. But in my head, I'm seeing what you're seeing. And the thing is, when you have the weapons that you do have, I'm, I'm sorry we lost runs, but that has to be pocketed and put away. We got to move forward. You still got enough weapons to at least use them in a different way. Don't be so predictable. That, that interception and us having the ball inside the 10, it really disgusted me when they kicked the field goal because I was already sick to my stomach when I heard that umpires say the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, yeah, yeah. I love Oakland. I'm an Oakland dude. I'm, I lived in Oakland. But it's a disrespect feeling that I got. And it was just like, ooh, here we go. Are we going to be upside down all game? We get that interception. I'm jumping up and down. They're going to knock my ceiling fan down. And we kick a field goal, bro. I, I, I just, right there, I pretty much said, okay, I see where we're going. Sadly, that's what happened. So my thing is this, the creativity. Where is it? Who comes with the creativity? I appreciate you taking my call. Hey, happy holidays. You guys have a great Thanksgiving, and I hope we're coming out with a victory Friday. Raider Reggie. Uh, I'll I'll echo his question. Where's that creativity coming from, uh, Lincoln? It's, it's supposed to come from the offensive coordinator. But at the same point, you know, in, in designing plays, but you're at this at this particular junction, you don't really have a lot of new install. You're only you're, – you're trying to perfect plays that, you're, that you do well. Like, for example, the 34 Wham. That's been their signature run. 
Okay, they tried to get away from it when after they got the they, the, the safety hit the head on the first play uh, of offense. They kind of got away from it for the rest of the time. They weren't going towards it, but there's there's a simple analogy or there's a simple way of looking at things when you're at, at, at in, in in on the field. The first thing I always do when I look at a game film, I'm looking at or looking at offensive play. I'm looking at the safeties. The first thing. If there's one safety back there, we're more advantageous to throw, with, especially with the speed that we have outside and the cover matchup issues. If there's two safeties back there, we're more we're more probably more, more successful to run the football because the, ba- the, the 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 box is a little bit softer. Of course, your offensive line has to do their job. I'm not escaping that. Your offensive line has to win their blocks, but that's just a simple equation. When you see the check with me system and you listen to the way Derek comes up to the line, especially when he takes his time, he's like, we're good, we're good, we're good. He sees where you're supposed to be going with the football. He sees the numbers and says, okay, we've got good numbers. We can block it. Now it's just man-on-man winning. And there's been a lot of times, let's face it, the Raiders have failed. They failed to do that. There's also been times where he's checked into me where, like I said, the, the one instance where it was third down and long in a critical drive, third down and long, and he checked a run, and he ran right into the teeth of the defense with zero coverage. That means there's no safeties back there. That means it's man on man. Yeah, it's that all, was, it's all that was inexplicable. I you don't know? know what he was thinking right there. And, and yep. you, you, you're you not even a good running football team, but third down and seven, you're going to try to run yeah. the ball? I know. You see what I'm saying? Those are the decisions that I have a hard time running. Now, again, I said the audible. I've never heard Derek come up there and say, Black, 278, Razor. Those were audibles that I used to run back in my day. And it, it gave protection. It gave routes and everything. I've never heard him say that. Yeah, even even with the check with me system. So I don't know if it's built into this offense, but I think it should be. And I think he has the ability, the intelligence, that if he good, you put it on his shoulders to, hey, check, get into a more advantageous play. These are the safe plays that we can go to, that he, they would be better off. We're going to get uh, into this a little bit more uh, when we get back, Lincoln. But I'm going to I'm going to just throw this out to you. How much would it help if they did have a dependable running game right now? Oh, it would be huge. It beats because with the weapons there be such a balance. You just can't key in on Waller. You can't just take away Renfro. You can't just do that. You can't just back up and play coverage. You know they don't really have a. a, a they, I mean their their runs, their extended runs were throwing those short passes like they did in the early part of the season against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. I I just and they've gotten away from it. I I think that. Part of it is who's not no longer out there on the field. It's it's easy to say, well, put Zay Jones in. It's just it doesn't work that way all the time. There's reasons why he's a guy that hasn't really translated into the NFL beyond just being a reserve player. Um, that's why I think getting Deshaun out on the out on the field more often could help too. Because the run game, I don't expect you know. Uh, oh, it's uh, not going to turn around. Come. It's exactly. not going to turn around overnight. But I will say this, Finney. If you have those weapons out there, in order for them to be weapons, you have to use them. So just like they make a conscious effort to get Darren Waller the ball, just like they make a conscious effort to get Hunter Renfro the ball, they need to do the same thing with Zay Jones. They need to do the same thing with Deshaun Jackson. Absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt about it. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. You know, being a Raider fan for a long time, you know, 20 years of this crap is enough. You know, I'm fed up. I just want to be a part of the the, the, the moment it changes, you know. That I want that so bad. And uh, that's what keeps driving me. You know, I get pissed off and I get upset and I, I stand up here and I've done this way too many times than I'd like to do it. Um, you know, because in my heart, um, the men in our room, the way we work, the way we go after things, it shouldn't always end like this crap. And so uh, we have another one in just a few days. 
against a really good football team. So if we don't want to stand up here and have to do this again, we better get it right. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln, um, you know, I was on a, a show in Los Angeles earlier today, and I was, I was thinking about things because they were asking me about Derek Carr and the situation. And, you know, part of part of me also, and this is what I said, you know, a lot, there's a lot of guys that have been put in a bad position this year. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Rich Masacci was a special teams coach a month and a half ago. Now he's asked to have all the answers, be the head coach, um, you know, uh, not his doing. It's not Nobody in that room had anything to do with what happened with why Henry Ruggs is no longer on this team. Derek Carr didn't have anything to do with that. And I, I sensed his frustration right there. Um, and it's nobody's – you can't fault anybody except for the people that were directly involved. But, you know, there's a point where I'm sure he's a little bit fed up. And he's, he, he sounded like it. Like year after year after year, something always happens. And, and this year, this thing was going in a good direction, even in spite of some of the flaws, even in spite of an offensive line – uh, that was being rebuilt and it was injured and it really wasn't, you know, uh, enforcing its will and being something that the Raiders could truly, truly rely on uh, in spite of that. And the fact that the running game wasn't able to uh, to, uh, to, to develop uh, as expected as well. In spite of that, this thing was at five and two not long ago. And they were coming off two as impressive wins as I can remember with the Raiders, back-to-back wins over the Philadelphia Eagles and the Denver Broncos. And they were figuring out a way to win in spite of their, you know, some of the some of the flaws. And then, you know, it's just like everything kind of caved in on them right now. And and I just, you know, it's it's unfair in a lot of ways that some of these guys, everyone in that room and in that locker room, coaches included, that worked their butts off to get themselves to that position, something like this was, was going to happen or, or happen uh, to really – put this thing in a pickle football is the ultimate team game and it's one of the reasons why i love it because it just doesn't take one you can get you know in basketball you can get away with having a superstar and 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 four other you know okay guys it helps to have more obviously but you can get away with it and baseball you know you can have a couple solid pitchers and, and a solid lineup and it doesn't have to be a total team effort but you can get away with it football you need 11 guys you need yep. 11 guys focused at the same time on the same job at hand, and, and you need that ultimate concentration. I have seen this team, and you have seen this team, throughout this year make a ton of bonehead decisions, bonehead mistakes, stupid mistakes, uh, and, 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 you know, inexcusable. And it's not always one guy's fault, or it's not always the coach's fault. It's just you've got to have complete attention. The Raiders this year, for the most part, have played against a number of teams, especially in the early part of the season, that had their fair share of offensive struggles. And the Raiders were able to take advantage of that. Their defense is better than it was last year, and so they were able to take advantage of that. They made the Dolphin game a lot more interesting than it should have been. Okay? They, they, you know, they dominated in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh doesn't have an, uh, an offense. So when Pittsburgh had to take chances on defense, the Raiders burned them. Okay? You know, the, the Ravens game, they took advantage of the fact that they took advantage of turnovers and opportunities because the Ravens game came down to the wire even winning in overtime. When you go back over, the game that you can honestly say they dominated was probably the Broncos and the Eagles game because they, you know, they finally found a way to put everything, all the pieces together. But they, you, can't, you can't excuse losing to the Giants. You can't excuse the way they played Sunday against the Bengals because even so, even though it was so one-sided score-wise, 
they had their opportunities. The defense was doing its job. I was worried the defense was going to give up, become a very porous defense, and they were going to be ran all over. Well, the Bengals didn't do that. The Bengals did what the Chiefs did the week before. They said, we're going to throw short routes in the middle of the field, and we're going to get yards after the catch. That's where they made the bread, most of their bread and butter against the defense. And then they started running late in the game. So now it's a, a, it's a case where you're halfway through the season. The season's not all, all lost. But you have to learn from your mistakes. So what do we do? What do we talk about, Vinny? In the last segment, we talked about the Raiders aren't a run football team. You got to find a way to overcome that. You got to find a way to 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 work around that to be better. That even though you know what it is, also in defense, you got to find a way to take away the middle because you're still coming up against some good offenses. Got to play the Chargers again. Got to play the Chiefs again. You still Dallas is going to do the same thing with their short short passing attack. So you've got to find a way to slow down other offenses and put points on the board. I'm not saying this is all Derek's fault. In no way am I saying this. This is a team game. They win as a team. They lose as a team. But I'm telling you that there are people in position that have to do better. It starts up top from the coaches. It starts from the coaches scheme-wise, implementing-wise. You have to understand that you put Jonathan Abram in coverage. He's a, it's a liability. The, the, the Bengals knew that. You ran cover two down on the goal line. Faison had to respect the back coming out of the backfield. He was slow to get back. And, and Jonathan Abram let, you know, their receiver run a quarter route to the back panel line. That's easy pickings. You have to know that. You can't put him in that situation because you have to know that it's a liability. These are coaching decisions that can be that have to be changed and have to be taken notice of because they're killing your team. At the worst time when you have to give up a touchdown, when you're still in it, but you need to get the ball back or you need to limit the amount of pressure that's on your offense, you can't give up a, 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 a touchdown like that. I agree, uh, and very well said. And um, you, you're you're right. It's it's collective. It's it's across the board uh, in that locker room. Um, and you know, finding the answers is going to be tough, um, but they're going to have to somehow, some way. And it starts on Thursday. And we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend Sam Gordon, my teammate and colleague over at uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal, Vegas Nation, uh, the app VegasNation.com. Uh, go check it out. Uh, either way. Uh, to, get all of our content a to z covering the raiders uh you can follow him at by sam gordon sam you just heard the man what are your thoughts on what uh, mr kennedy just had to say i think mr kennedy nailed it and happy tuesday guys i uh, appreciate yep. you having me on i think mr kennedy was on point with everything he said it's about playing complimentary football it's about uh, having better game plans designed to exploit the weaknesses of your opponents and designed to minimize your own weaknesses it's about having the discipline throughout the course of the week to, to limit penalties and have an understanding of how these penalties have been hurting this team over the last number of weeks. Um, there are solutions, right? But the Raiders are running out of time uh, to figure things out. You, on, on Sunday, far too much, asking far too much of the defense to be out on the field for 37 minutes because the offense can't convert a third down and, and, and only possesses the ball for 22 minutes. Like we talked about on the podcast this morning, Vinny, they didn't have a drive longer than what, three minutes and 40 seconds. Even yep. Bengals drives where they were punting were taking more time off the clock and, and wearing down that defense a little bit. So uh, there's, there's, there's time. I mean, you can still right the wrongs and, and, and right the ship, but you're running out of time right now, and that AFC playoff picture is jam-packed, and you were just in position to be competing for the division you know, three weeks ago, and now you're, you have your back against the wall again at the same time of the year, just like the last two um, in 2019 2020. So it's dire straits right now, and, and you, you, have to fit, you have to find a way to figure it out against a really good Cowboys team that's going to be fired up to play at home on Thanksgiving. Sam, do you agree with Vinny when he was talking about the, the loss of Henry Ruggs has affected the offense uh, in a way that they seem a little bit more stagnant now? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, when, when you got 4-2 speed and, and, and ball skills too, right, I think Ruggs is 
ball skills were underrated. He, he was making plays on the ball and um, getting big chunk gains. And even if he wasn't being targeted, you still have to account for four, too. And, and he was more physical this year. He was running crisper routes. And I thought the Raiders were doing a really good job of implementing him in the game plan and, you know, setting him up for a couple deep shots a game or a couple plays where he can he could get out in space. And just having a guy like that, I mean, the reality is he changes the geometry of the field. He changes the spacing of the defense. He changes the coverages. Uh, you have to respect certain play calls a little bit more. And, uh, and without him, it's, it's a lot of dink and dunk and a lot of short stuff that defenses are geared up to stop. Even Cincinnati's defense, which has struggled badly against that style of offense all year. Let Mike White pick him apart. No disrespect to Mike White, but Mike White had 400 yards on that defense, right? Dinking and dunking and, and, and getting stuff into the second level and whatnot, and the Raiders, for whatever reason, couldn't get anything going. So, yeah, there's definitely, I think, an element of predictability now, um, and, and you can pay more attention to Darren Waller. You can do different things to neutralize Brian Edwards going down the field. Ruggs is a big piece of what the Raiders were doing on pace for 1,000 yards. All right, well, They've got a couple of days uh, to play the Dallas Cowboys, um, you know, and and I and I do believe if they can, uh, in spite of the flaws, even the way Derek Carr is playing, um, you know, right now, which seems a little bit tentative, certainly off kilter, out of rhythm, the whole mm-hmm. offense does, uh, but they can help themselves a little bit, I think, by playing just a little bit more poised, not a little bit, a lot more poised and composed football, so that when they do put themselves in positions to extend drives, keep their defense off the field, um, you know, potentially, you know, uh, move down the field and, and, and score, they don't commit the silly mistakes. And it's been across the board. Everybody's uh, guilty of it, um, whether it's mental errors, whether it's the check down play uh, on third and eight to a run game, that to a run play that had no chance of success, to jumping off sides, to, to just silly mistakes. That's where it starts to me, because at least at that point, it puts them in the best possible position, um, you know, to, 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 to maximize whatever it is, whatever kind of game plan they've put together and whatever they're capable of doing. But can they get to that point, uh, Sam, uh, especially early? I mean, especially in a couple of days against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think it's a tough I think it's a tall task. I think it's definitely a tall order. But a lot of those a lot of those penalties, you know, guys were preventable. I mean, it's it's. It's personal fouls. It's silly personal fouls after the flag. Yeah, it's, is it a touch foul on the roughing the passer? Maybe, right? That probably isn't a flag three or four years ago, but you know how the game is being called now, and there was no reason to do that. That extends the drive, right? That keeps your defense out on the field more. Uh, the situations like that, we go back to the Chiefs game, you know, fourth and one, you're being aggressive, you're trying to send a message on Sunday night football that you're coming to play, and you want to take a, an early lead against the Chiefs, and you jump, uh, you, uh, you fall start at the 50-yard line. Those are major setbacks in games where the margin of error is very, very thin. The Bengals, it didn't necessarily seem like it's Sunday because the Raiders did play very well on defense, but that's a big-time offense. You don't, wanna, you don't want that offense to be out there with chances to go deep down the field or sustain long drives um, all game long. You just don't want that. And, and you figure the more the Raiders, more time the Raiders can have on offense where they're not doing, committing penalties to have to punt and to be in third and longs, Maybe they can get a rhythm figured out like they did earlier in the season. I don't know, but but you're 100% right. These you can't beat yourself in a situation where you're already, um, you know, struggling right now as a, as a team. So uh, you got to clean those things up. And and again, Thanksgiving at Dallas is a tough spot. Dallas, uh, for all their offensive struggles, Sunday against Kansas City was tremendous defensively, and it's been one of the better defensive teams in the league all year with big time playmakers on that side of the ball. So it, it's not getting any easier, especially with the short week to prepare. 
you know, I came into this season projecting that, you know, it would either be a 10 and 7 or 9 and 8 record. That's where I thought the Raiders were at. Um, and I know that, they, you know, they're <laughs> mostly they're, they're a lot closer to the number of losses than they are the number of wins I was predicting. But I just, I, I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, I just have a hard time believing that this team that we saw, that we saw its ability, its offense ability, and where they stepped up defensively and how they made the, the improvements they lose to a team like the Giants or they let the Bengals come in and spank them. I just don't know where to put this team right now other than this November rain, this November skid has to stop. And I just don't know how you do it, especially on a short week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Lincoln. It's, I don't think in the Giants game, I mean, I don't think that was a, a situation in which they were, you know, outmanned. Same with Cincinnati. It's not like these rosters are dramatically better. It was poor efforts by, by the Raiders. Look at, look at the Giants last night. I mean, they're a team in total disarray themselves. They, they have no identity as a franchise, no kind of trajectory whatsoever, just had a horrendous performance on Monday Night Football, and that's a team that the Raiders lost to. Uh, Cincinnati got beat by the Jets. They got beat by the Jets, and their defense was porous. It was a sieve all season long, and the Raiders scored 13 points. Uh, it's not, it's, I don't think, you know, yes, Ruggs is gone. Yes, Gruden and his chemistry with Carr, like that, he's not around anymore. But the roster's the same as the roster that was, for the most part, scoring earlier in the season and moving the ball and being unpredictable. Uh, it's, it's, it's just another, you know, timing with the, with the low. Going into, going into December where all the games, where the, where the playoff race is taking shape, where you understand there's some competition there. Uh, it's, it's just not an ideal time for a swoon like this. And, and, and I'm with you, Lincoln. I thought this was a nine or a ten win team that was going to contend for the wild card berth, um, all year long. You know, I thought we, you know, see a better defense. We have. I thought the offense would be able to sustain its level of play, and that's where the fall off has been. So um, it's 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 it feels like history repeating itself, just kind of looking different with the offense being the unit that's struggling and not so much the defense. Yeah, it's kind of the same movie, but uh, different dynamics. Um, you're right. Mm-hmm. Who could have predicted? Uh, that the offense was going to be the culprit uh, this year. Um, I think everyone understood there was going to be a learning curve uh, along the offensive line, but uh, I would have thought that it would have been further along uh, at, at this point um, than it is, and it's that's just the simple fact of it. I thought the run game was going to be uh, uh, you know, something that was a work in progress uh, as well, but that hasn't got uh, unhooked yesterday, uh, yet. And it's just – so that's inexplicable to me that, that, that this offense is really – Kind of the reason that that this thing is is being held back uh, right now. Um, I, I know you 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 can't predict the future, um, Sam. But if you were to mathematically figure out where the Raiders need to be to get into the playoffs, what's the number uh, that they need to get to 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 get to the playoffs? Uh, and if you were saying that there were nine and and or ten, you know, win team. Uh, starting this season, and that would have been without accounting for injuries and all the other calamity that's happened. Um, what are they capable of now uh, after the calamity that's happened? Yeah, it's, I, I, when you take a look at these standings, Vinny, I mean, Patriots 7-4, and four, Buffalo 6-4. and four. That team, that division has two six-win teams. Everybody in the AFC West is 500 or better. Everybody in the AFC North has a winning record, every single team. And then in the AFC South, you have Tennessee and the Colts. Like, this is, these standings are jam-packed. I would, I would have said before the season, I think nine wins gets you in. You might be looking at, at ten wins that you need to get you in now. Of course, there's going to be some uh, – some of these teams are going to beat up on each other being in the same division. It's not all going to shake out just like that. But it feels like every single game, especially some of these divisional games, you know how it is, divisional football in December. There's going to be huge stakes – um, especially in a jam-packed AFC. And, and when you take a look um, at the Raiders and who they have coming up, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. It's not, you know, it's not impossible per se, but you've got to go to Dallas. You have to go to, 
Kansas City still. You got to go to Cleveland in the middle of December. You got to go to Indianapolis. Did you see Indianapolis on Sunday ran right through Buffalo, a Buffalo team that many of us thought were going to contend was going to contend uh, for another AFC championship or possibly the Super Bowl. They got annihilated by a Colts team that's finding its rhythm. Like this is the, you know, the Chargers. That that's never an easy game, and neither is Denver. Those divisional games you know, tend to be tough, even though the last couple weren't with the Broncos. So. It's it's doable, but they, you're going to have to get this offense fixed as soon as like, now, right now, and continue to have a sustained level of play um, from your defense, and you're going to have to stay healthy, which is always a big variable. So uh, there were the, the the Bengals game. I'm with Lincoln. The Bengals game and the Giants games. Those were games that even you know before the season. And then throughout the course of the season, seeing how those two teams were taking shape, you expected wins in those games. If you're seven and three, you got a little bit of leeway for what you knew was going to be a tough stretch. Now at five and five, it's like every game is, is must win from here on out. And uh, it's uh, you just heard the schedule. It's tough. I mean, it's going to be tough. Um, not totally impossible, but extremely, extremely tough. And you're going to need some help along the way from other teams in the AFC. Well, last one for me, Sam. I was talking with Vinny earlier saying that, you know, you need to provide a spark, and maybe the spark would just be a little bit of a change of quarterback, not going forward and starting, but just a change of quarterback to have Mariota. I'm getting in line with Vinny's been talking about for quite some time. You know, just a package, not necessarily for short yardage, just come in in the game and in a little bit of a changeup. I saw two jet sweeps out of the Raiders, one to Deshaun Jackson and one to Brian Edwards, and it was disheartening that you have to run a jet sweep on a third down short and you still can't get it. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, that's the way, the way of the world. I'm thinking that you got to shake up some things, do some things that are a little off-key, a little off-candor, and not be as predictable as they've been in the past. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it can hurt you at this point. I mean, we, we only saw the Mario, we only seen the Mario package, what, a couple of times, maybe yeah. once. I don't I don't know exactly how many. Well, they didn't get it all but because they saw, jumped off sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I think the last time he actually ran a play was week one when he retweaked yeah. that quad, and it was a 30-something yard game. I mean, there's an element of unpredictability that he brings with his dual threat skill set, right? You can put in maybe an RPO, some zone read stuff, and then even when traditional, you know, drop back passing plays break down, his ability to extend plays and, you know, scramble seven, eight, nine, ten yards. Not saying that Carr can't do that from time to time, but with Mariota's build and the way he moves, obviously he's uh, a little bit more liable to make some things happen with his legs and extending plays so so guys can uh, get separation down the field and, and find work in the holes, you know, holes in zone coverages and whatnot. So I don't think I, I, at this point, like you said, you need a spark. You need something. This offense for three straight weeks has been absolutely um, lifeless, save for a couple drives, a couple possessions here and there. They might turn it on. But it consistently very lifeless, especially on third down. Like, why not? You, you have this guy with his unique skill set. Um, tap into it. And it's not like we haven't seen those kind of situations before. You remember when, when Colin Kaepernick, before he became the full-time starter in San Francisco, Jim Harbaugh had a similar kind of package, just here and there, right? And it, it kept the defense on its heels. Um, Trey Lance, you know, maybe not the same effectiveness, but it keeps the defense on its heels. You at least have to – it's another element, something you've got to prepare for. So at this point in the season, when you've been stagnant three weeks in a row, um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind seeing Mariota at all. Why not give him a shot and see what he can do? I agree. Um, I think the time has come to, uh, I mean, desperate, you want to say that it's a, a desperate situation. Uh, call it what you will, but the, but the, what's, what the Raiders have been doing these last three weeks isn't working. And, and Lincoln, you know this as well as anybody. Sometimes it just things can turn on a dime. So even if you bring in Marcus and something good happens and it kind of you know, re-energizes them, that can help too move this thing in the right direction. And not to say that he's going to have to be used exclusively after that, 
You may not have mm-hmm. to use them again. It's just it's they just need to get settled down and get on the right track. And maybe an injection of, of, of Marcus Mariota uh, here and there uh, can help that. Uh, Sam Gordon, whatever happens, have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, you know that. We always appreciate you spending some time with us in the huddle and uh, enlightening us and uh, uh, thought-provoking stuff that you bring. Really appreciate it. Have a great holiday, and we'll see you down the road, my friend. All right, anytime, guys. Enjoy Dallas. Safe travels, and, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Talk soon. Same, Sam. Thanks, man. Absolutely. That's Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. You are in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bajada, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Our thanks again to Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. And uh, Lincoln, he brought up uh, some good points. By the way, you're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by uh, Tequila Embajador. It's Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday on a short week. Uh, these weeks kind of get crazy trying to keep track of the days and whatnot because we're doing mm-hmm. things on Tuesdays that we don't normally do. But it is what it is. Um, and, and Lincoln, you know, even beyond the Raiders – trying to figure out a way to win enough games to get into the playoffs. Anything's possible. We all know that. Things can turn on a dime. Uh, the Raiders can get on a run. Um, they've shown that they can, you know, string together three straight wins, two straight wins. Um, you know, they've got seven games left. So if they can if they could get if they get five more wins out of those seven, you know, they're going to be in a pretty decent position. They've shown already at this time, at, at the, uh, you know, throughout the year that they could win five of seven games. They've shown that they can do that. Um, but, you know, even let's say even if they do, um, what are your thoughts about, you know, I know we're not at the future right now and, and that'll all take care of itself. But, you know, as you as you peek into the horizon w- w- with the Raiders, you know, what are your thoughts about kind of moving on from or trying to get past these types of seasons where they they keep getting into November and stubbing their toe? They've done it again this year. Now they have to really work uh, to, to kind of uh, dig out from uh, the hole that they've kind of created for themselves. Um, even if they are able to do that somehow, some way this year, um, what are your thoughts on on what you would do in order not to uh, have this type of stuff happen again, or just kind of move on from this type of stuff. Well, what's, what's the saying, Vinny, if you, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, if we get into this position again, you kind of have to take a look about what happened in previous years and how did we get in this position? What fell apart? What went wrong? Well, I know the defense wasn't present. So I know that that's already been taken care of. It's still pretty much the same offense. So, I personally think that you have coaches who are coaching for their jobs. I like everyone on that coaching staff, but they are coaching for their jobs. And right now you have to be willing to take some risk to do some things. Might not be this game because it's a short week. You typically don't have offenses or install new things on short weeks unless you pre-planned it before and you had a chance to practice it. With it being a short week and them having to travel today or tomorrow uh, and and to get to Dallas ready for the Thursday game, you're probably not going to have a whole new install. But going forward, you got to be willing to take chances and, and change things up because now you're coaching for your, your future. If you, you've seen what history has said over the last couple of years, they have fallen in the second half of the season. They're heading that way right now and losing their last three. So you've got to, first thing you've you got to do is find a way to win a game. That's why this game is important. It's going to be a tough task. 
Sam pointed out, you know, this is this is a good Dallas team. They've got a physical defense. They're they're they're, they're playing a lot more physical than I think the Raiders are. And we'll see how, if the Raiders are able to match it. Um, but you got to be willing to take chances and 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 do something different. I'm not really sure what that is. Um, yeah. But you know, to put my finger on it, but I remember a couple of years ago, um, they were trying to do things like gun runs. And I'm just throwing things out there because, you know, like I said, we saw the Jets sweep with two different receivers this past Sunday. Um, you know, things like that. They they got to be willing to in, – in tunnel screens, and they've got an athletic offensive line, especially at Colton Miller, who can run things like bubble screens. you got to be willing to do that. Just take – just smart football. And that I, – I, I, matter of fact, that's it. Let me let me let me let me say what what's going to change. You got to be smarter. Thank you. You can't have the dumb penalties. You can't put the ball and it's and, and killing and, them right exactly, now. Absolutely. So you got to be smarter if you want to change. You want to right the ship. You got to be more focused and you got to be smarter. And then you got to go out there and take your energy level up an, another step. If you know what faults you have as a player at this particular point. You need to understand that those are your shortcomings. Either you find a way to work on them or cover them up so where they're not exposed. But the big thing is you got to be smarter. Yeah, it's uh, Corey Littleton call it foolishness today. It's foolishness what they've been doing uh, with the self-inflicted wounds. And I, I really do believe because I don't think they're good enough to overcome that. I think that all of that stuff and it's been prevalent, Lincoln. It's been. You've seen it. You've seen every play this year. Um, you've seen every fault, every letdown, um, every bonehead play that's kind of put them, you know, set them back a little bit. A fourth and one that becomes a fourth and six. Easy third down conversions that ended up be, now they, they, you got to push them back a little bit. Uh, uh, penalties on third down defensively that give the opposition a fresh set of downs. We talked about it three times against the Bengals. Uh, they stopped the Bengals on third down only to commit penalties that gave them a, new, a fresh set of downs that led to 16 points. That's the difference in the game right there. Um, so I, th- I, I, I think getting back to that basic fundamental uh, point of just playing smarter is going to go a long way. We could talk all we want about the schemes, attacking downfield, trying to run the ball better. All of those things obviously need to get fixed as well. But they can't keep shooting themselves in the foot because they're just not good enough uh, to, to overcome that. And I don't know if they're pressing. I don't know if they're playing with the weight of their world on their shoulders. I don't know if they're distracted by everything that's happened. Um, but somehow, some way, they're going to break free uh, from from uh, this funk that they're in and this mode of just shooting themselves in the foot. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. <laughs> 